Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. How you doing, Brad? I am doing great. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. How's Addison doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's just the two of us this week. Oh, it is? We uh, decided to kind of take a week <laughs> off and have a classic Brad and Addison debate. So, here we go. We've got uh, a big week, but before we get too uh, too deep into it, uh, do anything fun this weekend? Yeah, not a, not a whole lot going on. Working on that Xterra, just uh, piecing at it. I'm, I haven't really been diligent on spending a lot of time on it, but... I'm getting pretty close, timing belts on, distributors in. Right now I'm kind of cleaning up the fuel rail, fuel injectors, cleaning out the filters on each injector and replacing the seals on that. I'll lay that on and then I can put the the top of the intake on the air plenum and and everything associated with it back together and we'll be able to get a little bit closer so it's it's really close i okay. just gotta just gotta finish some little things and seems like every time i start to get uh, to the point where i'm excited about finishing scope creep a little bit do a couple other little things i mean you get this gasket kit and you just want to use as much of it as you can clean it up freshen it up so that's kind of where i'm at that's fair no and uh, you know the only unfortunate thing about all this is somehow it's taking you this long but you're still moving quicker than you do with your bike I had to prioritize. All right. The, the priority <laughs> is our main you have travel till spring. rig. Get on two spring. wheels or you're out of here, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll be on my pedal bike here pretty You'll, soon. Uh, use, use that tax money to your benefit. Yeah, it sounds like a good plan. I that's, like that. That's the goal I've got is uh, well before spring, have the Gladiator up and going. Okay. So, uh We'll both be riding at that point on. on so how, how's the IT going? If you're going to slam me over motorcycle, I don't worry about that one. That's not my only bike. So okay, what about matter. your JT? JT's good. Is it done? Yeah, it's almost done. I'm powder coating on Friday. Are you? I am. Everything that'll fit in my little oven. Okay. Which is a shocking number of parts for that little bike. Okay. That's I got fair. them all uh, blasted, and then I I cleaned them up. So I'll <coughs> bless you. Use a little degreaser. Use uh, I've got some good pre uh, pre coat, kind of a, a wipe down before you uh, before you paint. Get that going and yeah, paint it up Friday. So I uh, should have some results on my Eastwood powder coating kit. Ooh. Should have uh, yeah more to say on that come next week. But, I'm uh, looking forward I'm to looking it. For, I am too. So what what is the what is the timeline for that one? For it's the bike? three three months going on. When are you yeah, gonna be infinite. finished? Three my three months going on infinite. Okay. Now, that one, I said it last year, but it needs to be in this next year's uh, HYG car show. Okay. So, that's that's your that. big It needs deadline. to show up. I'd like to have both bikes there for that. I'll just load them both into the truck, because that eater should be significantly lighter weight, like 300-pound bike by the end of it. Okay. Uh, so if I can shave enough, I'm already shaved over 100 pounds off of it, so we'll see what I can do from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I weld everything on, make my own seat and all that, we'll see what it does for weight, definitely be below what it was so the ball's rolling nonetheless uh we'll get her done and have a couple of fresh projects for that car show and hopefully the uh the gladiator can be at the uh the next one show as well not this this one coming up but the one after mm-hmm. so that's i'd like to show off something during that show uh, now that we know that it's going past 10 years i guess that's a big news item we haven't talked about uh the one moto show here in portland 
is a confirmed 11th year. Oh. And uh, it'll be at the Memorial Coliseum this year. So that's going to be oh. a big jump, big difference. I think it's going to be awesome because Flat Track will also be there. You want to drive down to Salem on Saturday night. Really? You'll get to stay out. No, this the is show awesome. I probably won't track, so. have the uh, Xterra broken into this year. Yeah, that's probably true. We yeah. can carpool. Yeah. Actually, probably. Uh, it depends how much stuff we bring for the podcast. So I'm planning to go all weekend. All weekend. I'm going to get a, a three day pass. All right. I probably won't spend all day of that week of the weekend there, but I'll sure. go at least once per day. Maybe not Friday. Maybe Saturday, Sunday pass. I probably won't go Friday after work. Okay. Um, but we'll get you know. Plan is to get some good uh, good interviews, some good while at the show conversations, and kind of really have a good time and, and show up this year. Not okay. just kind of casually podcast through it, but do something real with it. So hope you're in for that. I'm looking forward. I hope to everyone it. else listening. I hope you listener, you're in for that too. Mm-hmm. Be awesome. But that's coming up. That's that's later. That's February. Don't worry about that. Free high fives for anybody that remembers Free this conversation. Yes. Well, we'll bring it up as it gets closer. But that's a good news piece is that we okay. know it's confirmed. Uh, if you want your tickets, go online and look for them. Because uh, we want to see everybody there. We're not selling tickets, by the way. We're not. Nope. you got to go to the one show. <laughs> I, I don't have tickets. Nor do I have discount codes. But uh, they're not very expensive for what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too bad well last worth, year. Well worth the, uh, the event. Nonetheless... Today, there's been, well, not today, but over the last few weeks, there's been a lot of conversation on the new Harley electric bike, which is called the, you know, Livewire. All right. Thank you. I'm just making sure I'm testing it. Early test. Okay. On the conversation. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) no, so a lot of conversation on the Livewire. There was talk a number of weeks ago about uh, them stopping production. Okay. Uh, There was a discussion at the time that uh, the there was a quali- a charging issue, and so production was stopped. They didn't know fully why or what was going on. I actually looked it up, and okay. just as a background for this conversation, I looked up what was going on. When it first stopped production, Harley made a quote or said a quote that was picked up uh, in a few few locations, but I got it from Reuters online, uh, and they said we lead the electrification of as we lead the in the electrification of motorcycles. We delivered our first Livewire motorcycle to authorized Livewire dealers. We recently discovered a non-standard condition during a final quality check, stopped production and deliveries, and began additional testing and analysis, which is progressing well. We are in close contact with our Livewire Livewire dealers and customers and have assured them that they can continue to ride Livewire motorcycles. As usual, we're keeping high quality as our top priority. Now, what they basically did is they stopped production on Livewire, and then they informed all of the customers, the handful, let's be honest, it was in very early release, right. the handful of customers that had them that they should only be charging at Harley dealers. Mm. That charging at home with a slow charger could damage the system. So it wasn't anything now, catastrophic. this wasn't intended. This was not intended. It was Ooh. not a planned issue. It was something that occurred on based on what they're saying, right? Uh, right, because I was trying to understand why they even had a press release. Why would you tell people? So this is a very interesting part of the conversation. I think it's a good place to start. Okay. So similarly, about the same time, those that are up on the long way down community or the adventure bike community yeah. or kind of the media that is motorcycles, uh, Charlie Charlie and Goodnight. I can't even remember the actor's name of the two now. Ewan McGregor. There we go. Okay. Uh, they do, they've done a handful of adventures, but this time they're going down to Southern America on a couple of live wires. Okay. 
And that's about the same time that this release, it was, I mean, they started before that and the news came out before that, but they are on the trip as this release came out. Ooh. And I wonder if this was either to a PR stunt of sorts. Obviously something happened, but why would you release it? Or it was an issue to inform that, hey, we're learning from that trip. We're learning in our factories and we want to make sure that we're putting out the best product. Wait, wait, wait. But you're saying that they're learning from the trip. And, and they definitely are. This is extra miles for the live wire. But, but this wasn't stated as something that was discovered on that trip. No, it was very clearly stated. And as I looked through the information as a end-of-line testing issue on sure. the line. Sure, sure. Right? They, re- they got to the end-of-line testing. Their analysis showed that the live wire that they were testing at the time mm-hmm. or set of. At this point, we didn't know. But that the live wire wasn't taking a slow charge. Right, which would be frustrating for me. For, for me to be able to go from the Harley dealership that uh, has a charger right now, and I've used it for my electric car. I thought it was actually pretty cool. Not a super fast one, but for a motorcycle, it's probably plenty sufficient. But it's a, it's a good amount of miles for me to go from there to my house. So I'd be a little frustrated. And one thing that it did not address was how they what they're going to do to mitigate the issue for people that need to charge at home. So a couple of weeks back, only, it was like a week after the release, mm-hmm. they did come back and say, in their conclusion, and this is another quote from Harley, said, after completing rigorous analysis this week, we've resumed live wire production and deliveries. Uh, basically, they emailed a number of different companies to kind of explain what happened, and they said, customers may continue riding their live wire motorcycles and are able to charge the motorcycle through all methods. Temporarily stopping live wire production allowed us to confirm that the non-standard condition identified on one motorcycle was a singular occurrence. Okay. So they found that it was just an outlier in production and mm-hmm. one bike had an issue. Now I have base- three basic comments to this and I want to know your opinion, Brad. Yep. I, I, my mind is Number racing one, right now. What do you, I mean, my, my initial comment is good for them for finding an issue. Their yep. end of line testing is robust. They're mm-hmm. doing a good job of making sure they're spitting out good product. Right. Number two, good for them for telling people. I think this does inspire some confidence. They've had an issue with their brake fluid, which was debatably a Harley issue. Could have just uh, basically their their brake systems were too. So they had a a recall on their brakes. If you let your brake fluid go beyond. The recommended change period. And this is not on the live wire. That you're this is not about. on the live wire. This okay. is on the road This was a previous example of a similar situation. Similar situation. Okay. And in this case, they if you let your bike go too long between services, basically it would cause damage to the brake system and could cause your brakes to be less functional. Okay. Which is a dangerous issue. Yeah. Um, more or less, their, their brake cylinder, master cylinders were a little too sensitive. Okay. That's basically the... the Long and short of it. Okay, sure. We're a little too sensitive to fluid quality. So mm-hmm. if it got too moist, too much moisture in your brake fluid, it was causing issues. Um, but it's well known that DOT4 does absorb a lot of moisture from the air. Mm-hmm. And that you have, you know, two years or less to change that crap. Yeah. I mean, on my bikes, I've always been well on that. You can see it starts turning orange. You know you should change it. So debatably, it was even, you know, not even a Harley issue. Right. This was a you should. This was an educating the customer, but solution. Harley took the hit and paid to replace brake systems and fluid on all of those bikes. Wow. 
So, you know, I, I still, granted, there's no lawsuit, right? They're not going to get in trouble because they're going way above and beyond. So going back to my comment of, you know, good for them for telling people mm-hmm. and being on the ball with it. But my third comment, how is it just one unit, right? right. What That's are the what chances comes to that it's going to come to other units that are already sold or about to be sold? What do so you, think? you really want all of your validation and verification work to be done well before you're on in production. So for them to find something on the line that is an issue and to say, oh, wait, don't anybody do this at home until we figure this out or whatever the all of the statement was, uh, is really, um, it's kind of confusing for me. So they found something new. This was new. This wasn't something that they had been looking for when they were doing their validation work pre-production is what it makes me feel like. Sure. Right. And so it is concerning because if it's something that you haven't been checking all of your bikes, how can you say that it's only one to your point? How do you know? What are the telltale signs for a customer that there is something going on? Because it's probably not a lot of information. Usually on electric vehicles, it only gives you a little bit. It's not like if you really want to get nerdy and see everything that's going on and exact charge details and how much usable capacity is left. You're not going to be getting that on one of these bikes, nor do you in most cars that you're in. There's a few examples where you do get a little bit of that. But it's going to be some sort of an idiolite, potentially. Like, it's charging. It's not charging or fault code, right? You're going to be getting maybe three different flashes or three different colors maybe i don't know how it is on the light bar i haven't seen it so how do i know that it's not having a problem or did they identify that this is something that if it's having an issue it's an obvious issue it won't charge ever right and and i'm not i'm really not a, a harley davidson super fan nor am i an apologist for them but i will say i i know people that have either applied or worked with harley mm-hmm uh, in an engineering standpoint, whether it be test or design. Okay. I know they do a good job. And I'm not doubting right that. Now, I'm just surprised. No, I, I understand what you're saying. So this is my, the background of my comment <gasps> to you is that I know Harley does a great job. I know that Brad can't hang on to papers and that they really work hard to make sure that they validate their product. I would also say based on their comments that the end of line testing definitely shows that, that they are looking for the right problems, right? Yeah, that's it's, a, that's it's a, relatively robust. Yes. Yeah. And, well, that and that that issue is fairly benign. Mm-hmm. I mean, what issues to the charging system was it actually creating? Nobody knows because it never made it big enough to find out. Right, and this is when right. you actually start doing volumes, right? So, and they're probably not yeah. producing a lot that are just going to sit somewhere and they're going to go sure. out and do reliability growth driving of some sort yeah. on them. Well, right? they've done a lot of that already, and they, I think they, they are using the Charlie and Ewan ride down south. As some RG hours, I'm sure. Right. They're going to log every failure that may or may not ever Right. Well, and all the ones that have been built previously are probably uh, in a clean room or in a special environment. They're not on a production line. So they're monitoring everything that's kind of really going on. Maybe they are in a production environment, but this is where you start trying to do some sort of a mass production, even though I know this one is low numbers. So all of these may be still done in that kind of lab environment, but... Who knows? I know that they're doing very limited numbers. Basically, the projection for year one was 400 to 1,600 units, which is less than 1% of Harley sales. Right. I mean, well, and that's still a pretty one. good number. I mean, I think for the e-golf, it was under 800 for the okay. first year. Okay, I didn't know that. 
probably or like somewhere around 800, sure. right? So, so that's a low number. And so when you say a motorcycle company is going to be putting out something similar, I'd say that's pretty good. They're expecting less than 10 per dealership. Now, do you know, and, and this is something that I should have looked up and I just thought of it though. Where are they releasing this? Are, is the live wire available across the United so States? It's available across the U.S. Okay. Most of the data I found was on a reporting company based in the Midwest. Right. So a lot of like Milwaukee and Pittsburgh and right, basically East Coast. Because a lot of Midwest. electric cars, the reason why I ask this is a lot of electric cars yes. are regional where, okay, California emissions requires something Correct. that so, has zero emissions. And then, okay, Oregon kind of adopted the mm-hmm. same thing. They're friendly for it. They're also, you know, so you get a little bit on the coastline over here. Washington excluded from that. I don't know if you knew that. I but did. you cannot buy a brand new electric vehicle car in Oregon. I just find in that Washington. interesting. You can't come down to Oregon and buy oh. a brand new vehicle either. Oh, understand. Because it's not sure. at the dealership in Washington, sure. right? So just for you can buy something used. Yes. But not something new. I just find that very interesting. Yeah. And well, so I was curious if this was going to be limited as well. So it's not. As far as I understand, this is, I mean, any dealer that signed up to be a dealer. Mm-hmm. Now, some of that is because, you know, your, your bike use is not, especially on, I mean, we'll get into the live wire more here in a minute. We'll really get into the weeds if you guys want. But, uh, or if you don't want, we'll do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it is all dealers that signed up to be a live wire, live wire dealer. The issue with all dealers, all Harley dealers being a live wire dealer is the need for the infrastructure, right? The charging system. If you want to be a dealer, you have to set up that infrastructure. But they're not required as a dealership to have the infrastructure. They are required if they sell the live wire. Right. But they're not, but required, not required to, to have to it. sell the live wire. Because one of the benefits that I see of having the charging stations at every single Harley dealership is that you can plan a trip accord in accordance with that such that you can charge along the way. Now, similar to Tesla, it is very well mapped already. Who's right. got one, who doesn't. Right. It's very clear. So you can do a similar thing thus far. And it's new enough in development that or in release that it's hard to really plan something big like that. Right. But there's also plenty of charging stations throughout the U.S. Right, that you could use. The the big concern I have with the live wire is the you know I guess we're getting into the what happened there. My end result, my end comments on the failure that they had just topically is to express that you know I I am sure based on what I know of Harley that they went back fixed whatever was wrong with their supplier, resolved those issues and have right. moved on. Right, because they didn't do a recall. They're not calling any of those back. I don't think they've sold enough to really merit a large scale panic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure if there's a problem with any of the ones that were released, they will, free of charge, make a full replacement of whatever needs to be done right. and move on, right? It's not a, an accompli- if it's the charging system, it would be a battery at most and the charging system. It would not be a large full-scale rebuild of the bike in any way. So I, I, they will take care of it. I'm not worried about it. I think, I think it's a positive that Harley brought this up. However, my bigger issue with the live wire is that the Livewire was originally released to bring younger generations to Harley. Sure. Right? Yep. I mean, it is no surprise. I mean, the CEO made a statement such as that, that they're trying to look to the future rather than the past kind of a statement. Right. They're really looking to bring younger generations in. But based on the research I found on these dealers, those 40-something dealers in the Midwest, most of the orders were with older buyers who already ride. Older buyers who already have a connection to the Harley dealership. Okay. So, 
I don't see it really picking up newer riders. Well, the problem is, is that you have a certain price point. Yes. Okay. So a uh, newer rider is going to be looking for a certain dollar amount that they're willing to spend. And let's not even look at the brand new green riders, right? Because a lot of those, you, maybe they would go out and they would spend a chunk of change for this perfect bike, but maybe they would potentially buy something used. But let's say this is like, okay, I'm going to buy a second bike. I'm ready for a new bike, and I want to kind of get something that's exciting and that's fun. Oh, I'm going to check out an electric bike. There's a lot of hype. There's several bikes, at least, right now on the market that I can look at. Oh, wait, you're just going to charge $30,000? So, um, I don't know if I'm going to spend that, right? Interesting point. Anecdotally, these same reviews talked about a lot of dealerships mentioning younger generations coming in and then immediately being turned off by the price. So exactly yeah. what you said is exactly what's happening. At least anecdotally, right? There's not real data to show that other than what the dealerships say to right. these interviewees, interviewers. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if we look at one of the other big brands, the only other real heavy production manufacturer is Zero. Right. Right? And, you know, you look at that, and I, in similar statistics, looking up a lot of this information, Zero Motorcycle dealers and Zero Motorcycles itself, because it's a little more closely monitored by the owner, right, by Zero their dealership range, mm-hmm. it's very very clearly stated that younger riders are getting the basic model bikes, are getting the $10,000 bikes. You can at zero, right, get their new model, the four, Green Forest, Black Forest it is, sorry, the Black Forest, you can get that fully optioned, bagged, ready to go for mid-20s. Yep, it says here, I got an article, said 18995 Starting. Yeah. Right, if yep. you want the battery boost and yeah, all 90 that. 90 horsepower, You're 116 foot-pounds of torque, 163 miles of range in the city, potentially, right? Well, that's And that's not bad. My problem is, is you look at the statistics for the Harley, and fit and finish may be there, and that's debatable, I'm sure, depending on who you are. And it's uh, definitely that black different. That black horse is pretty. Yeah, I'm not saying otherwise. It's different. It's a little bit different. It's different. It's definitely more sporty right. than the Black Forest. But I look at this. Okay, so $30,000 for the Lightning versus the $19,000 that we just... or Sorry, $30,000 for the uh, Livewire versus the $19,000 for the Black Forest, right? Okay, this has 105 horsepower, 86 foot-pounds of torque. Similar. Right, and 146 miles city. Actually, I would suggest that the um, Black Forest outperforms it. Sure. Right there. Right. And weight is very similar on them because it's fully optioned on the Black Forest. With bags and everything, you're at a similar weight. Sure. They're very similar bikes on paper. Charge time, the one thing that the Livewire has is that it's got fast charging. And not all of these have it or it requires an additional investment. So you're looking at $22,000. With it with the being fast charger. a little bit more comparable. Yeah, right. with, a, with the comparable similar range, I mean, even better range at that point. And similar charge time and all of that. But the Black Forest isn't going to have the rumble. It's not going to have the rumble. It won't have that noise that I have yet to hear still. I know. I'm interested to hear it. Uh, Our local dealer should be getting it very, very soon if they haven't already. Now, do you know if the Black Forest has traction control or anti-lock braking? It does not. Uh, It does have some of that. And it has a fully adjustable suspension, color touchscreen. I mean, these are some of the highlights of the live wire. So, so you're getting a little bit more, yeah. I'm saying, when you jump into the Harley bandwagon. There's for that. an application, or app as the young people call it, that go with the, yeah, the zero motorcycles. And you can adjust your ride styles. <laughs> Brad didn't like that one. You can adjust your, uh, your ride style, your top speed, your, you can really 
basically select your mode of writing very specifically, right? It's not just a plug and play. Right. It's a put it where you want it. Um, Harley has that as well, but I believe the fit and finish and componentry on the Harley, again, I, this, I don't know for sure because right. they're not, no, the direct information form is still very new and young. Right. Um, but it, it does sound like your fit and finish and options with regards to higher quality components are on the Harley. But I think that we can't talk about a 2020 motorcycle without also mentioning, you know, and talking about zero versus Harley without mentioning the SRF, right? Which is their yes. performance motorcycle, 110 horsepower, 140 foot so pounds of torque. It's the same bike. 160 miles city, right? It's the same premium bike. version is 22, right? And you were just saying 22 for the yep. Black Forest. It, it's different, though. It is different, sure. and it does have stability control, and it has some of these other things that we've mentioned that you're getting with the Harley. Not quite oh, everything, sure, sure. right? But I'm just saying, within that so, price range, you're still saving $8,000. That if you're point, okay with the styling difference, and I've got them both here. For me, I kind of still do. I like orange, though. I'm a little biased for the orange, but... I mean, what do you think, just looking at it? The SRF looks much more classic, naked bike, classic sport, naked sport bike. Right. You know, Harley has its own style. Yes. And they always have. And and I'm, I I do prefer the Harley style just slightly, okay. but I have nothing against the Zero style. I agree. But I will say this. The pedigree on that Zero, they have, that's been in race mode, right? That's been going around to a couple of racers. Mm-hmm. For a couple of years, for about a year now. And if we look at, I mean, one specific is Corey West. Right. Races bikes. He, they had him on the Pikes Peak run this last year. He, in the heavyweight class, he placed fifth on a zero motorcycle, right? They added a lot to it. It probably became a $35,000 bike, but you'd have at least that in a Harley that was running the same race. Well, okay, but just looking at the power, like I said, it's 110 for horsepower for the zero. 105 for the Harley. That's pretty close. But 140 foot-pounds of torque on the Zero versus 86 foot-pounds of torque. Oh, yeah. On the Harley. I mean, you're going to... That's a difference. It is a significant difference. It is a difference. I don't have weights here and everything like that, but they're probably relatively well, similar, right? With the Zero that was, you know, not optioned out because it wasn't factory by by all means, but that was customized for Pikes Peak. I mean, they, they had custom suspension, some carbon fiber additions. They, they really lowered the weight to be very light. Mm -hmm. uh, one huge benefit that it had through the race was r hard right-hand cornering. They moved the brake from the right peg up to the right bar because you don't need to shift anymore. Or, sure. Sorry, to the left bar where oh, you would okay. normally be pulling the clutch. Okay, you don't have a rear brake up there. So mm -hmm. when you're turning hard and it gets a little precarious when you're tucking in for a hard right corner to also be laying a little break if you need it, you've got that ability with your left hand. Yeah, I think that's that's a learning experience, though. It's a learning experience. But what I'm saying is as we get into race in more specialized situations, such as, you know, Pikes Peak Racing, curvy mm -hmm. uphill battle, right, it is a benefit, So, it, but, which allowed a fairly new bike in the market, fairly new bike in the game, to place fifth among all heavyweight class. Ninth overall on the entire motorcycle division. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. That's impressive. So that's the problem I have is, granted, we're getting this long trip ride that's very heavily supported with support crews from mm -hmm. Harley. But the other thing is, just this last weekend was the last race for Roland Sands Super Hooligan flat track racing. Okay. And Zero, for the last couple races, has had two bikes involved. Corey West again, and Dylan 
and Draco. And both of them did fairly well. They both qualified for the main event. Corey got fourth mm-hmm. for for that race. I mean, that, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I think what you're getting at, I, I, I completely get it. They have some pedigree, and that's awesome. And that's what they need. Because then you look and you're going, okay, we've just been talking about three bikes that were $20,000 or more. About sure. that. The Zeros and the, um, the Livewire. But Zero also makes something that is a lot more reasonable. They do. Now, it depends on what you're wanting to do. You're wanting for range. You're wanting for power and everything else. But I see these being a lot more of a bike that somebody's starting off, maybe their second bike, maybe their first, if they know what they want and they know that they're going to be doing a lot of just commuting or certain type of riding styles with, these Zero FX and Zero FXS are possible. Now, do I love the design? I can't say that I'm super excited about them, but they would be an awesome bike. I mean, they basically look like a more modern version of a... Uh, Dual Sport, Enduro. Kind of, yeah. Not an Enduro, but the, you know, you're running... Basically, yeah, Dual Sport, this running street. It, they do have fairly good suspension. They're they're yeah. set up fairly well. They're they're really not bad. I've seen them off road on video. There's not by far. I mean, it's no it's no dirt bike, but they're definitely holding their own and able to go down you know dirt roads and gravel roads fairly well. Yeah. Uh, for the price point, I mean, they get about on basic lowest cost. You end up with thirty five miles highway, mm. which isn't really much. But if you live in the city and you need a commuter motorcycle, yeah, that thing is so easy, lightweight, quiet. You could pull it into your friggin' apartment and no one will even know, mm-hmm. right? No oil to leak, no nothing to go wrong with it. Almost no maintenance on these. Yeah, Zero has it set up in such a way that they're not. There's no coolant. They're air cooled. Yeah, they there really is almost no maintenance at all. Top speed of 185 miles an hour. Enough to do what you need around town. Maybe with the right package, 100 mile range in the city. If you choose the the little yep. bit higher spec one, yeah. But so I mean, it's still for for eleven thousand dollars. So, which is still a little high for for maybe a new bike. I mean, because you can find bikes for yeah, but five to ten thousand dollars, and you get your, a lot of bikes to choose from. Depending on your state's incentives, too. If you live in certain areas that are giving good incentives, I mean, you're dropping well under ten. Yeah, between federal and state incentives. And I can get that. The one thing that uh, you don't get, though, and I think that's pretty critical and crucial for for riders, and this is a this is regarding all of these electric bikes that we can talk about today. Is how how are you going to go on a road trip, man? I agree. And so you have to buy a bike like this, and you're going to spend either ten thousand dollars to. I've got one bike in this collection of one hundred fifteen thousand dollars that you could buy, that I've got printed out for for me to just reference. But that that's a lot of money to be tied up. In a small little radius around my home, right? And I agree. so that's Granted. that's one thing that I'm I've yet to see us get to. It's great. This is very niche. I want it to be able to take it to the next level. If you're a, if you're a two bike guy or five bike rule, as we say, yeah, you know, the, putting this in the garage for your commuter slash fun around town bike, yeah, it's not a I, terrible idea. Your I maintenance see that. cost is zero. Yeah, other than tires, right? Tires, brakes. That's it. Everything else. And even brakes are probably going to wear less. These all have regenerative braking. Yeah. And on the Zero, you can completely choose your range. If you want it to hard brake every time you let go of that throttle, it will. Um, you know, the, the maintenance on these, they're relatively lightweight for what they are. 
You're, so you're not going to burn through tires the same as if you got a bigger bike. Granted, you, rarely are you going to replace a big, you know, 500-pound cruiser with a, you know, 300-pound electric bike with a 35-mile range. So in right. fairness, that's not really a one-to-one. But, you know, there is a benefit to not paying that maintenance cost, to not worrying about spark plugs, filters, fluids, you know, all of that stuff that, that both takes time, money, and can go wrong that you no longer have to worry about on your electric bike. So I, I get it. I agree. I like to do at least a trip a year. Right. And for me, it couldn't be my only bike. I would lose out on yeah, a big man. part of riding for me. Yeah. But, and so this is the other thing is, yeah, sure. If you are going to be doing a lot of commuting around town, you're going to be running around relatively close to your, your charging locations or your home. Right. That sounds great. But one of the things that you also love about stop and go riding is ripping on the throttle and hearing that exhaust, right? You're not going to get that. Now, I can understand being a quiet ride out on the road for long periods of time, and you still want to have those moments where you rip on it, and you can feel it, and you can hear it, and you can hear the people in front of you, and you're making the people behind you jealous, right? But you're not. You're kind of missing out on that. You lose that, but the, the seat of the pants instant tour gives you a different smile. It is. It's just different. It's definitely sure. different. I'm getting, I, I, but it's a completely different experience. I, I, that's what I'm expressing is you're losing something to gain something else. It's apples and oranges. I don't right. think it's well, and none of these torque thing. numbers have been off the wall crazy. In yeah, comparison. but they come in at zero RPM. And I, 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 yeah, that's the difference. Is my seven, you know, seventy horse or seventy foot pounds on the Scrambler came in at twenty eight hundred RPM. So I had to run up to that before it really hit. Okay, and then are you also okay with riding an automatic motorcycle? Sure. Oh, really? Why not? Okay. You're just so many things that are changing, man. I I don't know. I mean, I I have an electric car, so and I'm here. But if you're, I was the guy the line, that loves my manual transmissions. I get some of the feedback from my electric car because of regenerative braking. Now, some of these bikes are going to have a little bit of that, but it's probably going to ride mostly like a motorcycle. So you're not going to get that same feel. And part of being able to shift down and be able to be in that power band because you can shift down is what makes motorcycle riding fun. Now, if you are in a single speed motorcycle and your torque is at zero RPMs, if you're riding in the mid-range, you're not getting all of that torque. It's only when you're at stop and go. So when you're in the corners at about halfway between where your power band is, you're not going to have that torque, man. You're not going to be able to feel it. So that if we say that the torque band is at zero, but that's only assuming that you can stay in it. And that's where having a transmission of some sort, being able to shift on an electric bike, comes into play. And there's some people that are doing it, but not all of them are. And that's my point. Yeah, but that torque, the way the electric motor runs up, doesn't require, it's it's always ready to go. It's just a hit of electricity. Yeah, but you're already going, man. Understood. It's only max torque at zero RPMs. Sure. Right? And then it drops off after that. And so if you're driving... It's pretty steady. With the yeah. weight of these bikes, you're not looking at a huge drop off. No, you do. That's how they work, man. That's how that's how it works. I can tell you. I mean, it's, it's similar to getting on a leader bike or a bigger CC bike. Mm-hmm. That the, One of the benefits of having torque at 2,800 RPM on the Scrambler is I can be cruising in fifth gear... Still twist the throttle and feel that pull because it still came in. All right. I wasn't, didn't have to be way up in the RPMs to hit it. 
It had pull. It was more torque than horsepower. Yeah, but you're pulling and it's actually increasing the torque as you go. It's a different feel. It is not. Not by much. That was a V-twin. It was very early. It was not a V-twin. It was a parallel twin. Right. And all this matters. All of this, though, comes into play when you start talking about the mass, the internal mass, Mm -hmm. that rotating mass as well, as as far as how it's going to play out in the end. We just need to get on these bikes. I think that we would be surprised because I can tell you that driving my electric car, it's different. Stepping on the throttle when I'm going 60 miles an hour on it does not feel the same as when I was on my KLR or another motorcycle that can keep pulling. Even when the horsepower and the torque is the same. It's completely different in a single speed. That's fair. I can tell you that uh, if I lived in the city as a new rider especially... Mm -hmm. I came into this market that. with a lot of people with a good crew. The people we ride with are good, are fun, and I knew what I was going to do when I bought my first bike. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wasn't buying a bike to commute. I knew that I wasn't buying a bike to just run around town. I bought a bike to go on trips with friends. Mm-hmm. That's why I got into this. That's what I, you know, with the Jeep, I did the same thing. I didn't have a Jeep to commute on. I didn't have a Jeep to go to the grocery store in. I had a Jeep to go wheeling for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I knew motorcycling, that is how I roll. That's what was going to happen. So I needed a bike that could do that. So for me, I agree. It's not there. I would love this as a second bike. And I would yeah. have no quarrel with it. And I would love to not have to worry about I'm valve adjustments, yeah. oil changes, the yeah. things that right now I'm knees deep in on two bikes. Now you're having to deal with new technology, which includes battery management systems, lithium sure. batteries, charging, most of those are more battery less... degradation, which never sure. comes up when we talk about these things. That's true. I'm just... I, I love them. And, I, and don't I get me wrong. This. I love my, my electric car and I would love to have an electric motorcycle, but it has to be something around town. It has to be for the short little, we're going to go up the gorge barely, come back around, go maybe around town a little bit and around some of the back roads that are kind of just near us. But you're not going to go on any of these rides. Even no, if it was, and even if it had the range, I don't think it would be the same kind of ride. It wouldn't be. The same as being able to get on an internal combustion engine now, just because of how some of these uh, limitations of a motorcycle and and also benefits play out on that kind of a road environment. I agree. However, I can tell you that the lack of maintenance there there are benefits that outweigh some of that. So I don't think it's a big deal. I think once the charge times get down or the battery capacity get up or they meet at some happy medium where the price is not unattainable. We need a new type of battery technology. That that is my next issue. Is right now the lithium ion market, and this is a little bit not by not, not motorcycle related, but related to our topic, is an open field of crazy. There are battery suppliers throughout the world that may or may not be good, and the market has not yet settled to figure out who's going to make it and who's not. Right. There is a lot of unreliable unreliability, a lot of issues with vehicles. Mm-hmm. especially in some of these newer companies that are trying to find a low-cost battery from a supplier that is seeming to be fully vetted in world class, mm-hmm. but you found degradation is not good mm-hmm. or build quality is inconsistent. There are different issues that are being had. As someone who works in supplier quality, I'm very aware of these issues, and it's something that, that is definitely something we need to keep an eye on. As the market keeps rolling. Because it will. It will level out. One, I think lithium-ion isn't a bad choice. But right now, the market is such that it is just full of everyone. I don't... Is that really going to go away? It will. I I don't know. 
You're always going to have your low cost. You have your low low cost uh, batteries, your double A's, your triple A's. That doesn't go away. But you'll know who works and who does well. And when you're buying a large ticket item, a bike, car, I mean, heck, you're buying a nice camera or whatever that requires batteries. People know not to go to Harbor Freight for their batteries. They know to get Duracell Energizer. They know to go with the good names. They know not to go get generic Chinese battery off of Amazon because it won't last half as long. You can risk that. If you want to go super low cost on your accessories, you can buy extra batteries that are cheap, but you want your main thing to be a reliable source. Mm -hmm. The market has not leveled out in such a way yet that we can tell who those top tier suppliers are. There's a lot of inconsistency and a lot of uncertainty in that. And that's what my biggest fear with a lot of the motorcycle market is understanding Who's going to the right places? And even then, what are the right places? Well, and is lithium-ion the right technology? At the moment, it's not necessarily the best we have, but the most cost-effective that we have. Sure, but I'm just going, what could what could it be? Sure. Hydrogen fuel cells? Nuclear? I mean, I'm just throwing yeah. out some things. I mean, what else is there right now? Different types of lithium batteries as far as the combination of different compounds. And, and, is, and there's already some of sure. that right now. Is the answer some form of small generator, right? Small range extender for these bikes, right? Put a, a gallon in the tank and it's got a small range extender that on a mo- motorcycle gets you 400 miles. Right. On a battery charge, right? That That's very viable. And so maybe the electric, like, full potential is kind of like a boost mode? I mean... I would be curious, and I haven't seen much come out. I have seen a few prototypes and small little things as I've searched, but something more of a hybrid style. I mean, that's where supercars are going. Yeah. If you look at the quote-unquote electric supercars, they're basically so that you can get good quality high-speed action, they're hybrids. They give you that electric boost at zero RPM, Mm -hmm. but the torque and horsepower of a small engine to help support that at higher RPMs. Yeah. And and I would be curious, granted, the, the packaging is probably a nightmare on a motorcycle. I can only imagine, man. I mean, but, you know, mixing those two could be incredibly advantageous. I mean, that is the direction for performance that electricity is going. Mm-hmm. That we found, you know, if you don't need it, you don't need it. And if you only need 20 horses, go all electric for 50 miles. Right. Right? Never fill up your tank again because you'll recharge within 50 miles. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But if you want a little performance, twist the throttle 70% and suddenly you got both engines kicking in. Right. Or, or at least lockout features. Always... I'm just saying, I can see where this could go. Yes. How it's actually implemented is, is another question. And, and I just don't know. I mean, that's a lot to try to pack into a bike, have this extra energy source that is bulky to some extent even though it's compact in comparison to a lead acid battery with the same energy density right it's still a lot going on so it's just interesting to see not only how people are playing with the form and or not only we're playing with the function but kind of what they're doing with the form of these bikes have you seen some of these other bikes that are out there as well there are a handful of, of very neat designs where cells look like v8 engines you know they're tubular cells that look like v8 engines and and many different, you know, basically fuel can less bikes, right? You don't have a tank on top, and you can do almost anything with the style. Mm-hmm. 
Looks like you have a few examples. I have a few examples. Nobody's going to be able to see this, so I'm just going to name them off. I'm going to give the price, a couple specs, and then I'm just going to move through. So please be patient with me here. So we got the Arc Vector. It's a monocoque chassis. A lot of stuff going on that. I say that because the MSRP is about $114,000. 133 base horsepower. 293 foot-pounds of torque. 270 miles combined range and a charge time of 40 minutes with the CCS DC charger. Different, no forks. You could run with it's that. It's different. And, and it's it's definitely different, but it looks looks like fun. Okay, Brutus V9. I don't know. I'm just going to let people look that one up and see what it looks like. $33,000, 125 horsepower, 277 foot-pounds of torque, wow. 280 miles. I don't know. Not super excited about the photo, but I don't know about that bike. It's just different, though, right? It's giving it that kind of cruiser look. Kind of reminds me of the the V Rod Harley V Rod. Is that a cake I see coming next? Yes, cake. Uh, this is going for fourteen thousand mile fourteen thousand dollars. Sorry, sixteen horsepower, thirty one foot pounds of torque. This is like a uh, like an off road. What would you call it? Bicycle yeah, they, on steroids? A mountain barely, bike? I, I right. Did a little research on that. Uh, back we we talked with them a little bit at the one show last year. Yeah, and they uh, the big issue there is so they only recently became street legal. They've had one that's not street legal for a couple of years, and they just recently released their street legal version. Right, right. But it, the price point, man, I, I expected it so much less. Yeah, I mean, you're getting a lot there. It's you know they say it's part dual sport, part mini bike, sure. right? I mean, has a 56 mile per hour top speed, and really for for commuting, no. and I'm not really wanting to do a lot on the road, but being able to take it off on some back trails and stuff. I'll get the zero all day. Yeah, I know. The cost is just... It's got a better it pedigree. Is, it is. It's got more... This is really light, though. This would probably be That's fun fair. on some trails, man. Now, I would agree. If I was looking more for the dirt bike section of it, I, yeah. I think the cake off-road would be a great, a great bike. Okay, so what about this one? Curtis Motorcycle Zeus Radial V8. I'm going to show you a photo of oh, it. Oh, interesting. This is kind of off cool, the wall. Right? This is everybody should look that up. The Zeus V8. Yes, Zeus Radial V8. Okay, MSRP seventy five thousand dollars. Two hundred and one horsepower, one hundred and forty seven foot pounds of torque. Yeah, I, I, I want to see this happen. I mean, I don't. I haven't heard a lot about this, but uh, the rendering is cool. I want to see it, man. This looks like fun. Is the style on that's pretty cool. Okay, then we got the Energica yep. Ego, right? Energica. Energica, thank you. MSRP twenty three thousand, just under twenty three thousand. One hundred forty five horsepower, one hundred forty eight foot pounds of torque, one hundred twenty miles range. If you're a sport bike dude, it is a bike that you'd never know was electric until it came whipping by silently. Yeah, that one would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Not a lot of range, but it would be a blast for a lot of like just day short rides. Oh yeah. Okay, then they got the Eva 107, similar bike, just different model of it, $22,000, you know, very similar statistics on that. Okay, another one, the SESC9, that's $20,000. These are just different Energica versions, so I'm just going to go through them real quick. People can look those up. They have the Evoke Urban S and Urban Classic. Have you heard of these ones? Okay, so they're going for a lot less. We're talking under $8,000 for either one. I didn't know that. Right. So 25 horsepower, 86 foot-pounds of torque. So you can kind of see okay. what you're getting into at that point. So that's why. Smaller motors, smaller, smaller 125 batteries. miles combined range. 
has uh, says top speed of 81 miles per hour, probably for five minutes, and then your battery's dead, but that sounds good. Uh, but uh, that one doesn't look too bad. I, I can't say, you know, the, the, the view of the photo that I've got here looks all right. Okay, what about courtesy fuel? Have I've you seen, seen this that one? picture before? I didn't know anything about it. Okay, so it's uh, it's quite a bit different of a design. Can't say it looks horrible, but it definitely looks what maybe like futuristic. If you yeah, want to call like it the, that, the future of a sport bike. Okay, what do you think that one's priced at? Fifty. Under eleven thousand really? for the eleven kilowatt hour, and the and under twelve thousand for the thirty-five kilowatt hour. Okay, so power is fifteen to forty-eight horsepower, okay. right? 553 foot-pounds of torque. I don't know if I'm going to trust that. 553? Yes. Vertical says 553 foot-pounds of torque. And what was the horsepower? 15 to 48. 15 to 48. Okay, I'm just going to leave that yeah. one alone. So thing, so take this as a grain of salt. I guess all of this that's information. That's a death machine right there. Yeah, this this would be a blast, though, right? If that's really the case. Okay, so we've Instant already seen... Instant power, and then you don't go anywhere after three miles uh, per hour. Okay, okay. So what do you, you, got, what do you think of this one? The I've Joe, seen this before. The Joe Hammer J1.150 and J1.200. I think if you're looking for a scooter and an electric scooter, that is a sweet difference. It's it's, it's just, cool. it's not horrible. I, I would ride it just because it's different. No forks, right? It's different. Yep. So there's there's some interesting technology here. I'd be interested to see what it's like, right? But uh, what do you think the MSRP is on that? I can't remember. It's not that high. Uh, $25,000. No, it's higher than I remembered. Right. Or than I thought 11, I remembered. And 11 kilowatts or to 16 kilowatts uh, peak power range is 93, 124 miles, something like that. Okay, okay. And then we've got Lightning. So everybody's kind of heard about Lightning. That's another big one. Fastest electric motorcycle in production, right? Okay. That's one of their claims to fame. Fame. So LS218 is uh, their top-of-the-line bike going for $39,000. Power, 200 horsepower, 168 foot-pounds of torque, uh, 100 to 180 miles of range. Uh, what does it say the top speed is? Um, I don't know. I don't. I should have highlighted it, but pretty fast bike. Let's leave it at that. They're coming out with one soon, uh, the Strike and Strike Carbon Editions, which look appealing, starting at about $20,000, 120 okay. Horsepower, 180 foot-pounds of torque. Sounds like right. a zero fighter. 150 miles range. Yeah, I'd, I'd put it in line with that. It has some good looks. I can handle that, right? It's not bad. Sure. If you're into the street bike yeah. realm. Okay, so Very what about... Bike. I don't know how to pronounce this, so please uh, please forgive me. The Cerulea Manx 7. What do you think of that one? Eh. It's not, it's just different. Looks like a cafe, a modern cafe. That's I'm kidding. There's just, form is, can be different. It's not the same. We're not building something around an engine. You're building it around a battery now. Yep. Really. So the form factor has to be different. A lot of fiberglass, carbon fiber, a lot of body panels. Right. And then this one is, is definitely a lot of carbon fiber. How much do you think this one is going for? I have no idea. Forty eight thousand yeah, dollars. Two hundred and four base horsepower, three hundred and thirty foot pounds of torque, hundred and forty two miles range. Not a lot. And the tar form. I know. Okay. I'm dragging on, but uh, people can look that one up as well. My last paper's got a little bit out of whack. So Well we've got I I've got a couple buddies that are running the uh what is it? Oh yeah, that was in CSC, here. California Scooter Company. They've got a little uh 
this is Grom size. I think top speed's 38 miles per hour, 37 miles per hour. Uh, you know, it's basically a scooter. Right. Um, that you can uh, you can run around town. It, it actually skirts the rules between scooter and bike. Uh, I think you do need an endorsement in most states. Nonetheless, it's uh, it's very basic, but it's delivered to your door for what twenty five hundred. Yes, twenty five hundred dollars. Three kilowatts, door. peak motor power, four horsepower, sixty two miles city, forty miles combined. So if you're looking for a, a starting now, one of them has had no issues. The other one had some charging issues. Ooh. What do uh, they is, do about that? How's the customer service been so on that? So, a lot of help, but took forever to get a solution. Oh. Apparently, quick to be on the phone, quick to work with it, quick to have you send parts back. They sent another one, still didn't work, so on and so forth. He had to do a lot of the troubleshooting kind of on his own. Really? Um, to figure it out and basically send them the response. So, I mean, for, for the low price of $2,500, you get to be part of their test team, basically. Yeah. But, you know, it's basically a Chinese bike rebranded. Yeah, but it's a really small bike. That's the big thing for me. But if you live in the city, again, if all you're looking for is, you know, 30 miles range and you're not going to break 40 miles per hour, then, and you want to get into motorcycling, it's a great starter bike. $2,500 delivered to your door. You got a bike. One of them rode before. Whatever. And basically his wife let him ride because it was an electric bike and friendly to the environment and yada, yada, yada. The other one never rode. And this was his entry to the market. And now he wants a bike. So, as an entry bike, I don't think there's a problem with that. I think if you're like, hey, I don't want to drop eight grand, I don't want to use bike because I don't want the maintenance, you can get an electric bike that has almost no maintenance and get started and figure it out. Uh All you need is a chain because it is chain driven still on those ones. Right. But you chains, tires, and brakes. If you want to do maintenance, otherwise, you know, for $2,500, ride it for two years, get something else. Or ride it for six months, sell it for whatever. So, as long as you don't have this, this is my way into the motorcycling and I'm not allowed to get another bike. And my wife won't let me actually graduate to the next bike, right? Sure. So be a little careful there. Sure. Just but I just, as an entry bike. I, I just noticed that it's, it would feel small. And yeah. and I know that you're not going on any trips, on but it. is, how small is it, man? It, is it, it like, like a, a mini bike? It feels like a Grom. It's almost the same size as a Grom. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's comfortable enough. It is a small bike. Riding it and sitting on it and, you know, whatnot, it, it feels very small. But your ergonomics don't feel like you're cramped. Okay. It is set up in such a way that it's made for a grown adult. Mm-hmm. It's not so bad. But you definitely know, you know, weight-wise that you're on a little bike. Right. Which is fun, too. It's super nimble well, around town. Right, but not a lot of power, though. It's not like not the a ton. Grom, enough. Right? You know, 0 to 30, it's enough. Is it? It's enough to have fun. Okay. It gets up. It'll keep up with your car with cars on the road. Okay. You're not the slowest guy. Does yeah. better than that scooter I had. Okay. Granted, there's a difference between a couple hundred dollars and $2,500, but, right? Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, I, I think the market's there. I think people are migrating to it, and I think it's pulling people into the motorcycle world. As my kind of last statement, and you can say whatever you want after this, but as my last statement, I was reading in all my research that apparently Tesla has no interest in motorcycles because Elon Musk got scared as a young man. Boo. Made me laugh a little bit. And I was like, oh, well, then it leaves, right? Because if Tesla made a motorcycle, they already have a good name behind them of performance. They could probably do well in the market. But they're going to leave it open to Harley and Zero and Lightning and all these other motorcycle manufacturers. So good for them. Tesla has enough things that they need to figure out on their own. They need to get their everything actually sure. squared away. And they're, and I know it's coming along, but I'm just going to leave it alone at that. Whatever. Sure. Focus on what you think you can do best. I thought that was a funny anecdote. Okay. Okay, for me, the last thing I want to end on 
is price point. And for me, this doesn't make mainstream market where it's selling in mass production until it's under $10,000 for a good bike that can do quite a bit more than what I'm seeing these ones uh, being capable of. Call me a liar. I'm going to say one more thing. Okay. So Harley, right now, with their new entry-level bikes, quote-unquote entry-level, you can get for $6,500. And the large assumption nationally, worldwide, however broadly you want to look, is that they're playing the Tesla model. They're releasing a $30,000 bike, similar to the Model S, a premium bike at a premium cost. They're going to not really, you know, they're going to try to at least break even on all of them because they're so high cost. Right. And then they're going to use that technology to roll it down into a simpler version to sell at that entry level. So, uh, you know, my biggest issue there, and I, granted, I've been reading a lot of entrepreneurship data and, and things like that, is, is I worry about their speed to innovation. Mm-hmm. That, that's a great model and that's a great game plan. But I worry that by the time they figure out how to roll that down to $7,000, there's 10 other guys playing in that game with reliable bikes. I mean, zero is already getting to that point of reliability where they're making a very good name for themselves. Right. If you look 10 years ago, their warranty costs were astronomical. Half of every zero sold when they first released them came back. Okay. Right. It, it was very bad, but that is not the well, case. Well, that's part days. of understanding the market of who you're buying your lithium batteries from, because that's a sure. big portion of it is you got to have the right technology there and they have to be robust in their manufacturing process. But they've gotten through the, a lot of those growing pains and they're doing right. very well. Right. And I'm Others making speculations for them. I'm sorry, but that's yeah. probably one of the big things that you have to learn when you're trying to produce a low cost electric motorcycle Sure, is you can't just go with low cost. You're going to have to, at some point, Pay a little bit of a premium so that way you can actually afford to stay in business and not be having uh, so much warranty recalls and such. Warranty cost is big due to the, those initial, mainly, yeah, low-cost supplier issues. Um, and then I guess at this point, you know, cue sad music. But, uh, you know, we've lost a few in the past, right? We've had a handful of electric bikes go under. Brahma is a good oh. electric bike that got purchased out through... Uh, Polaris, right? And then never really got made in. Polaris sold the Brahma rebranded for a couple of years. And it had and some it. it had some good lineage and some good uh, uh, report. It was into racing and other things. I know that we saw one yep. at our workplace. We came and checked it so out. It very I did visceral. like that. Yes. It was a bike that felt like yep. riding. They said a that bike. you could just leave it in third gear and drive it as an automatic, or you could go through the gears if you wanted to, right? Yep. It had the torque that it needed to be able to do it. It was a pretty good bike. Balance was a little bit different. We haven't talked about that, but that's one thing that these electric bikes are going to be a little bit different in regards to. But so, who else was on your list? Since you said this was your last topic, two topics ago. Uh, are you telling me I shouldn't talk? I'm just telling you that I'm just reminding just you expressing. that you brought up a big topic. Well, not necessarily a big topic. Just expressing that the market is still young. We've had companies live and die. Yeah, there are a handful that haven't made it through. Um, but I, I believe that those that are pushing hard now, the market is moving in that right direction. I think that uh, people are buying. There's a lot more hype than there used to be. They're showing up in real races, not just mm-hmm. E-Series races with special less miles. <laughs> I mean, you look at the Isle of Man and you get less miles. Right. The E-Series doesn't do as many laps. Um, but you start looking at some of these other races, flat tracking. And, and I mean, the two we talked about, Pikes Peak and Flat Track, mm-hmm. they're competing with other bikes. It is a Harley and an Indian versus a Zero motorcycle on the flat track. Yeah. Right? This isn't just... 
a special series for special bikes. It is starting to show up as a competitor in the market with everyone else. Yeah. I wow. think that's a good sign for the electric market. So uh, keep your I'm eyes peeled. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I want to check one out. We're all going seeing a lot more. Yeah. Yep. Shout out to Noisy Dave. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. Um, just a random <laughs> shot. I don't know if he'll ever listen, but... That's uh, true. We do appreciate you, Dave. That's um, true. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, as we get into it next week... Oh. So, everyone keep your eyes peeled, ears peeled, eyes peeled, whatever you want to keep peeled. As we release what? this, now that this has come out uh, tomorrow in our time, but right now in your time, you can look online. Indians are releasing a new engine, Ooh, which yes. basically gives them a whole new platform. So, next week, we're going to spend some time talking about what that means for the cruiser market. And I am really excited to talk about that, actually. I think there's a lot to be said and a lot to talk about. We will break that down. We don't have a ton of cruiser friends, but we're going to do our best to get... Uh, Get whoever we can to uh, come join us. We'll send a few uh, few feelers out. But if not, it'll be a, an in-depth, far too engineering-based conversation about this, just as this one was. Be careful hyping it up. Just saying. Oh, it's going to be the greatest of all time. The GOAT. GOAT? Yeah. Okay. Now you're, you're showing your age, my friend. I know. <laughs> That's a real thing. Okay. Nonetheless, we appreciate everybody listening. It's been a lot of fun. We're having a great time. Uh, thank you for uh, joining this coming on the journey with us and uh, we hope you're enjoying it please comment rate review visit visit us on facebook send us an email give us your comments uh, of course always visit our patreon page there's a few things you can only see there we'd love as much support our uh, renewal costs are coming up and uh, to kind of keep the boat afloat we'd love any support we can get um, yes, so uh, that we can keep this going if you enjoy it for as low as a dollar a month you can really help us keep it going yeah so even check just a out- dollar Yep, just, just a uh, single just donation. Dollar. That's that true. would be awesome, right? Just saying. Any help you're willing to give uh, to kind of help keep this. If you like what you hear, help us out a little bit if you can. Um, that's just Sakamoto at Patreon. Otherwise, we hope that everybody has a, a great week. Weather, at least in our neck of the woods, is picked up. Mm-hmm. I want to give a quick disclaimer. Oh, we did get one email as listener mail goes. If you've made it this far through, here you go. But uh, heads up, we talked about in our winterization conversation okay my general rule of thumb is changing the oil at the end of the year oh. i got a couple of people telling me that i'm an idiot and after talking with them a little bit uh and sending some responses back to kind of get more than hey you shouldn't do that i agree with them and i was wrong rarely that but i'll stick with it now you should always change your oil at the end of the season before you put your bike away get the gunk out of it don't let it settle don't let it get into things switch out that oil Run a fresh oil through it, fire up your bike for two minutes to warm up, and then shut your bike down for the winter. That's my uh, fix from what we said about winterization, and I think that's the right way to do it. I agree with those, the two people that that uh, came in, telling those that told me I was wrong. Okay. I was wrong. Oh, can we just play that every episode? We could. Just that little bit, I was wrong, uh, you won't and then hear start much. off. You won't hear much. I'm far too overconfident. I know. This is truth. Nonetheless, guys, thanks for listening. Until next time, ride on! Mm-hmm.